There we go. Boom. We're recording. We're about to go live. Oh, we're not live yet? Not no, yet. We're still I had a little password issue here. Were you doing the PW before the 393 whatever? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he just gave us his password. <laughs> No, when you sent it over, you sent the password over, and it was like PW. Oh, no. So no, I'm no, trying no. the PW, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's just password. No, it signed us out on the Facebook browser deal here. All right, here we go. Sharing a page. Clapped out. Ugh. Okay, here we go. We're about to be rolling here live. What is this? Number 12, right? Yeah, 13. Is it? I think. Oh, yeah, it is 13 because I didn't post 12 yet on YouTube. You'll wait till after I post a good video and then follow it up with that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my thing. I know. I'm well aware. Oh, you need to do a video. I just posted the podcast. Okay. Clapped out. <clears throat> we need an intro song to play as we go live on Facebook. We f I feel like we're lacking in the song department. We do. We need a theme song. And... Here we go. Reach more people. Adding got a title. Dude, just I did add a Oh, he's getting flustered. Freaking title, yeah. Nads. Don't cuss. Don't cuss. I called him Nads. We're good. Okay. Now wait. Three, two, one. It says live. Yeah, we're live. We're live. We're Okay. Are we live on your personal page or clapped out? No, we're I I caught that. I just didn't say anything about it earlier. Oh my god. <laughs> I you did are live with Clapped Out episode 13, lucky number 13. We have Mr. Joshua Kalis in the building. We have Rybert Klemp in the building and you oh. have myself Laganzo in the building. This is episode what was it 13? 13. I think I just said that, didn't I? You did. That's where my brain is nowadays. Holla if you swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like that was a bumper sticker on your car at some point? <laughs> we should sell those like prank bumper stickers. I started designing the two honkin' shirts today. Yeah. And then two minutes later, I couldn't, I had to go to, I had to work because I couldn't do it. I couldn't <clears> get them done. Two honks and I'm gone? No, just, we were on a podcast. We were talking about two honking someone's ass. Yeah, it was Josh. Josh brought it up. Yeah, Frank. It was a yeah. Frank. Two honk in her ass. You leave in two. You leave on two honks, and you got Frank. Beep, beep, God, every time. No, it was a double honk. It's the second. The second two honks were just real close together. Yeah, it's like leaving on yellow at the track. It's the same thing. Leaving on yellow. Yeller. Every time, dude. A little, a little southern comes out of your voice there. A little bit. I've been here for a minute now. Now let me tell y'all about leaving on yellow. <laughs> Hey, so Josh, what's up? When are we going to get Yellow Wolf to make us a clapped out song? You promised that to us yeah, like two years ago. It was a very, very serious promise that was made. You said I promised it? Oh, yeah. You yes. probably don't remember it. Yeah, we, you definitely did. You were crazy drunk at the time. Yeah, you know how much you drink. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I, think, I think I've seen this man have a lemonade once. <laughs> the rest is, I guess Starbucks doesn't count as getting drunk. Okay, so that's a no. Silence. I'm by silence. I'm taking that as a no. He's just like I'm not committing to anything on this podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, today is the day we have a list of things to go over, and I think that the dynamic we have betwixt us three will be interesting. I already previewed this first topic to Josh on the phone, and his laughter said it all. Um. We have four. We have four topics of discussion, and each one we you know the drill. We will riff back and forth, up and down. Yep. And I don't know how closely anyone has paid attention to Facebook these last week. Obviously, we well I live on social media, so I was pretty knee deep this uh, this weekend into some of these posts that I came across. And one of the posts that I came across, one of the posts I came across was in the beginning stages of virality. When you see something. And it's just like, oh my God, that thing is about to pop off. And you get in it at, when it's young, like a, a bottle rocket, and then it just disappears from sight. So you know that the old upset. dirty delete. The old, well, I, I don't know. I think we can discuss whether this was a dirty delete. Yeah. I think that's a very, very good point to bring up, actually. 
And what I was going to start off with, and I, I hope I upset a bunch of people over this. I don't really care <laughs> if I do or don't because, you know, this is America, land of the free, home of the idiots with a podcast. Um, there was a post that was put out by US 131 Motorsports Park or Dragway. I don't know what you call it. US Sorry. 131 Motorsports Park is what it's yep. called. Um, just just to keep things chill, I don't know that I want to name names here. I don't care either way. It's been resolved as far as I know. But I want to know how you would handle this, Josh, and how you would handle this, Rye, in the position of the offender and the offendee. Yeah. So there's a post that was put up, and it said, having been in the business for 40 years, I have never experienced this before. Pro Racer X is what I'll call him, chose to dump his raw sewage in our pits. For those of you who have been here, know that we take great pride in maintaining the beautiful grounds here at US 131, and we are appalled at the disrespect and lack of common decency. We treat this as our home, and many of our racers are spect as many of our racers and spectators do. We take great offense that a person would choose to disrespect our home in such a disgusting and illegal way. Track operators, be aware of this person. The pictures that you see speak volumes of his character and those around him who have who may have participated in this. We appreciate the blah, blah, blah series for coming this past weekend. And we look forward to seeing you again. We will not let one group distract us from having a great show, et cetera, et cetera. So that was the post that was put up on Facebook. And in that post, there was pictures of the pits and the pits were just washed down with no exaggeration, just raw sewage. I mean, full size turds floating around. So I think, I think you got to back up and explain. I know. What, what exactly went down? Yeah, well, I'm going to, but first I want to read that post because I want to do this in the, I want to do this in the order that it was yes. unveiled on yes. social media. Okay. The principle Fair. there is like how, basically how would you have handled this? Yeah. So that gets posted on Facebook. So that exact, let me get this muted out. So that gets posted on Facebook and I am, I catch it right as it's posted and I'm like, Oh my God, because <laughs> the pictures are disgusting. Yeah, and immediately my mind goes towards, dude, this dude must hate the hell out of 131. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. There's gotta be drama there. Manja, manja, manja. Give me the shit. Give me the shit. Like I need to know what happened. You know, like every other lemming on Facebook, I'm just, I have to know what happened. Um, so I, I double back to the post and I start searching through the post to look to see if the racer has responded to the post because it's blowing up 200 shares, 300 shares, 400 shares. And the racer responds to the post. And the racer's response explains why this occurred. The racer goes on to say, first of all, I would have appreciated a phone call before you blasted me on social media. The real story is when we went into our RV to go to bed, the toilet hat stuck open and kept flushing on its own for hours. This caused severe damage I'm sorry, this caused severe flooding and damage to the carpets and furniture. I did have to crack the black water for a brief second to lower the level of sewage in the RV. It was an emergency situation, and by no means did I dump my entire RV in your parking lot. I had six kids that had to sleep in that mess. I am very sorry for the mess, but like I said, it was an emergency situation. I would be glad to pay for any cleaning fees involved, and I would appreciate you taking down this post. So, post goes up. He responds about 20 minutes after that response. I think the post was deleted. My question to you guys right now, you are, let's call it, let's say you're the racer you're in the racer's shoes. How would you have handled that situation? Very simple. <clears throat> Get out. I've as somebody who has owned an RV. I've had a camper trailer with black and gray water and all this stuff. And I've dealt with situations of, um, let's say excessive poop. Yes, poop over the top capacity and like like over accommodating. When you say six kids right there, that's like that's a lot of poop <laughs> and a lot of poop from a lot of kids that probably think that using an RV toilet is the same as using the toilet at your house. It's not the same. Okay, I've had to use sticks and other apparatuses to push the pile down into the toilet. It's not fun for anybody involved. Now, I've, I get that like maybe the, the, the toilet, I, I bet what this has probably happened. Somebody, kid, flushed the toilet and the lever stuck and it kept filling it with water 
and then all of a sudden you got a situation on your hands. Your freshwater tank 90% of the time is greater than the black water tank. So if you got 100 gallons of fresh water, but only the ability to hold 60 gallons of shit water, well, then you're going to have a problem when that thing sticks. That's probably what he's dealing with. Time out. I uh, totally – go ahead. I just want to know <clears> – all right, you and me are in our RV full of shit. <laughs> Josh is sleeping in the upper bunk bed. He has purposefully clogged the toilet because he's just a little devious guy. Right. The shit water is overflowing. How does Rye Klemp handle the shit water situation with the track? I'm going to agree with what he did. I'm going to run outside. I'm going to pull the black water handle and start dumping immediately. <laughs> but caveat to that, I'm not done. I'm not done. What? Then I'm going to haul ass to the track manager, talk to him, be like, dude, I have a serious shitty situation here. <laughs> And I need somewhere to dump this. Where can I dump it? Do you have a dump station here on the premises? If not, I apologize, but there's poop everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You might want to get a fire truck out here as soon as possible. I'm going to tell him. I'm not just going to break out and leave and not say anything and wait until it appears on social media. That's trash. Okay. Josh? Yeah. How does Josh handle the poop water situation in his RV? Well, I'm not too... Uh educated on how like rye is with all the shit <laughs> but i think what i would do is, is i would probably just turn the water off and then i would drive my flooded with shit rv to some spot outside of the track and then i'd fucking let it go like, i don't think i would just, we got you gotta imagine what this is going through if he's saying if, it, if it's the way i picture 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 envision it's sloshing back and forth on the floors at this point. Yeah, all I know is picturing picturing Josh manning the helm of a shit water-filled RV is something I need to see before I die. <laughs> he hits the brakes too hard. He's picking oh! his feet up like, oh! All over him. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> yeah, but wait, if it's, where is it flooding from? Because it draining it, if you drain it, it's still going to be flooded, right? Inside the RV, you're not draining. You're not like right, but not you, like a hatch in the floor. Basically, it, it was a toilet, a never-ending toilet overflowing. Is what right, you but can't you just turn with. the water off? There's got to be. You can turn valve. the water off, and then basically all he would have to do is just dump enough to get the 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 water below the level of the toilet, the bottom of the toilet, and then he'd be good. So somebody yeah. did respond to the post, and exactly what Josh is saying is what they responded as. They said something to the effect of. I would never have done that. I would have gone and turned off the main water valve. You yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Why wouldn't you do that before just dumping black water? And um, I, I can't, I, I have no idea. I, here's the thing. If I owned an RV, I would 100% learn every facet of operating a thing like a home. You know, so when you got shit water piling up, cool, cut, cut the main valve off um, and go from there. I don't know the ins and the outs of one though either. So I'm, it's I'm, so you got two tanks. Well, okay, three tanks. You got your freshwater tank. You got a black water and a gray water. You black, can cut the main water feed off, right? Yes, you can. But cool. what he's what happened with him? I'm 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 assuming is that the the lever to flush the toilet stuck and it just kept pouring water into the toilet, which goes into the black water, which only but could has, you not cut the main water off to stop that from filling. You can, but at that point, what I'm saying is that the damage is already done by the time he probably came back in after a pass or whatever and realized like, oh, there is black water, aka shit water all over the floor. What I'm saying is that the amount that was in that picture, he probably did not have to dump that much. He probably, I would, I agree that he had to dump some. He could dump like five, six gallons to get it, the bowl, to clear the bowl of the toilet and get it below the level of the floor. And he would have been fine. And, and you could have driven it to a dump station. What he dumped was definitely excessive. Because you have a gray water. So <laughs> we talked about this before. And it was the, one of the best shit talk moments I've ever had. Me and Lyle Barnett were going back and forth talking a little bit of shit about LS Fest. Oh, I like and Lyle. Lyle's a good guy. Lyle goes, keep talking shit and I'm going to come and dump my gray water in your pit. Which oh, so gray water is like the shower and the sink, but it was such a weird flex that I was like, I don't even. How do you respond to that? Yeah, that's a good flex. You're gonna pull it. I don't have an RV. Are you flexing on me because you have an RV or because like you're that confident in your ability? You're just gonna dump your dirty 
shower water like under my car i'm gonna start saving up my shower water and bring it to the track with me just in buckets just bottle it oh cool that's Ship cool it to people well the post that they the post like i said blew up real quick a lot of people were jumping on it and sharing it like crazy i only saw it and t- i knew i had to talk about it because i mean i'm just gonna hold the phone up to the to the camera here this is disgusting it's so gross. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I wish I could pull the picture. I tried to do it earlier. It's so bad. I got to find it. It's it's literally disgusting. I apologize for the poor quality here. Um, again, <laughs> does it is it focusing at all? Yeah, it's, pull it back just a little bit. It, what what you're looking at is Wait, just quit talking, Ryan. Because every time you talk, the picture goes away. <laughs> Logan, you talk real quick so I can see it. Onomatopoeia. A, B, C, D, poop water all over my screen. Look at that. Oh, damn. Oh, it's yeah. on the asphalt even? Yeah, it's everywhere. So if you're listening to the oh, <clears throat> if you're listening to the audio version of this, what you're looking at is probably three days and nine people worth of poops and peas strewn across a parking lot. Now, okay. I will, I'll double back, though. <clears throat> I will give him credit where credit's due. Other than the fact that I don't, I don't know if he attempted to contact staff before he left. Like it, it, the, the post turned into a big back and forth, but his response being like, "I'll pay for every damage, all the damn, I don't care, I'll pay for all of it." Very sorry. That, I mean, after the fact, I don't know what else you can do. The other thing is, a couple of members of their team were in the post saying, "We have been trying to call the track all day to no answer," which again, it doesn't like it's not it doesn't make it right, but at least if they really were being proactive, that's. I guess that's cool, but yeah, and, and and any track you go to, like you guys know, there's not somebody manning the office phone at the track, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, yeah but, but big rain, deal. dig a hole, get a power washer, spray that shit down into the hole, put the dirt back on it, and you're done. Yeah, probably yeah. grow some nice vegetables on top of that too. I still would have been way more proactive. That's all I'm saying. It's just, you know. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh, anyway, that's that's enough poop talk. That, that was the kickoff to this wonderful, wonderful episode. Um, and just to clarify, I'm not, I'm not like bashing the racer. I've, I'm sure a bunch of people know who that was. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I just need, a, I just need a material for the show, so sue me. Or don't sue me, please. Actually, sue us for an LLC worth $300. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, and it's also owned purely by Rye, so make sure you only sue him. <laughs> hey, we've been through this once with the, the GAP. Yeah, yeah. Out. let's do it. I don't know if we can say their name publicly. I'm not afraid of them. Moving along to a second topic, then this has to do another stand-up situation. Somebody that was uh, opposite, that was being a stand-up person ahead of time. I saw this post go up, and it has not gotten any virality. It's not like it's a big share deal. I have never heard of this shop before seeing this post. The only reason I'm I brought this to I want to bring this to light is because I think it's absolutely how chassis shops and shops in general should should behave and act um topic here is a a company called west racing fabrication i do not know anything about them so take this with a grain of salt i did call one of the owners before we went live today to tell him i wanted to talk about this and he was extremely nice his name is joe him and his father run this racing fab shop they do uh, drag car stuff and and uh, chassis builds of all types and uh, it's him and his dad. They're both army veterans. And he, I told him, hey, man, I saw your post on Facebook. Are you cool with me talking about it? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So here is the post that went up. And I think it's awesome. Three days ago. And again, this is not a viral. It's got six shares and 11 likes. But I thought it needed to be brought to the light. This is awesome. West Racing Fabrication. <clears throat> so time to fess up. I made a mistake. I know. Seems impossible, right? I skipped a step on the Comet project, and I didn't use my calipers. After plenty of cut, bend, fit, and weld, I noticed a piece of tubing I pulled out of the rack seemed thin. Well, it was by five thousandths of an inch. Without knowing for sure, he didn't exaggerate the five thousandths. I did, because it's like insanely, I mean, it's, how do you, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's nothing. But in racing, it could be everything. So, Without knowing for sure which tubes already on the chassis may be under spec, I was not about to take a chance. I have never had a build fail tech ever, and I'm not about to start now. I got a hold of the owner and explained the issue, and after some discussion, the decision was made for an upgrade to Chromali. After some serious research on manufacturers, blah, 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 
this guy, after literally getting to almost the finish line of this chassis, cut the entire chassis back out and started from scratch because of a five thousandths too thin bar he pulled out of his stock inventory. And he assumed all costs and he did it all on him. And he said, I'm not, I don't care. This is my name. This is the safety of the, of the people involved in this car. And I want to put a stamp of approval on it. And I can't do that in good conscience now. How many shops, Josh and Rye, how many shops do you think would have done the same thing? Five thousandths. hundred percent. He is the minority for sure. Like Josh, you're muted. He's all the, all the bars were five thousandths. No, he didn't. He had no clue. He just decided to cut them all out as a result of finding one bar that he pulled being too yeah. thin by five thousandths. That that's just a stand up dude. Like, and that's a rarity in this industry. That's I've gotten gypped hardcore. So my car behind me right now has had three cages inside of the thing. Two of which I did. The one that's in there right now is the one that I did. The first one was, whoa. I didn't, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? I had no clue. And I've, I've read the NHRA rule book, like front to back. And what, what he would be probably was dealing with is a situation where when you start to bend the tubing, when you're on the outside of that bend, the tube starts to get substantially thinner. So no, 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 no. he pulled a fresh tube off the shelf. Oh, the two off the shelf was the key Yeah, thin. he grabbed one off the shelf. And he was like, this looks... And he cali- he mic'd it, and it was 5,000 too thin, the wall. Yeah. yeah I, think, shit, I, a- I think I would have just put some skim coat over all the bars and painted it, and that skim <laughs> coat would have made up for the 5,000, and the bars would have been nice and smooth. And- you can tell who's never had a cage inspected before. <laughs> but you look at Josh's cage, and it's... He's got a hell of a cage in his car. Like, now, now, I remember doing 180 plus in that thing with what, the four point? Like an idiot? But then yeah. I had kids. So, <laughs> God. No, I props to that, dude. That, that's, that's a stand up thing to do. Like most shops would not do that. They'd just be like, let the, well, let, let's roll the dice. Plus, I guarantee you in the NHRA inspector rule book, I don't know, maybe somebody in here knows in the comment section. I feel like there has to be a plus or minus some thousandths of an inch. I don't know, man. Of leeway. Because, okay, so I know for, if you have a mild seal cage, the minimum wall thickness is 120 thousandths. But when you buy a mild seal cage, most companies, S&W, Raceworks, or uh, Wolf Racecraft, whoever, if you buy a mile seal cage, they're going to sell you uh, 134 wall tubing because they know it gets thin in the bends. It's not the straight pieces that you got to worry about. It's in the bend. And I'm not a chassis guy. I'm not a fabricator. I'm too fucking tall to start folding myself into cars and trying to figure out how to weld shit. I figured that out um, not long ago. But that's if you start with the minimum wall thickness, you're going to end up with a less than minimal wall thickness, especially when you start doing bends on stuff. So I wonder if that, I, I don't know, maybe that was a, a order the wrong tubing or is an error in the manufacturing of the tubing, but either way, that's super awesome that the dude was, he does, up. he goes into more detail in terms of the tubing, I think supplier and stuff. I don't want to make it seem like he's getting junk metal or anything. I, I don't know the ins and the outs. Yeah, uh, my my focal point when I were for me personally was, dude, god dang, the amount of time, labor, money, and like he threw it in the trash and said, I don't care. Like, what kind of what kind of cage was it? I don't. I I'd be lying if I told you. It's imagine, imagine he mic'd he he cut the so he took the cage out and then he cut pieces of the cage up and then mic'd those and they were all like perfect size. Be pissed, son of a bitch. Uh, I mean, there's, I think there's, I know there's ways to sonic test them. And I, that's what an NHRA tech inspector will do. They'll sonic test. They can, without having to drill a hole in your cage, they can test how thick the wall of the tubing is before, like, before they slap the sticker on the thing. Can we do that with the thickness of your skull, Rye? Yeah, sure. No, oh, man. Will the machine just break when we go to test it? <laughs> oh, you're toaster. <laughs> oh, Nice cage, dum dum. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we don't actually rise at the point now where he doesn't even have to wear a helmet. Yeah, it, it would probably do more harm than good if he put one on. 
Um, I, I, I did. I just thought that was cool as hell because it's rare. It's a rarity in, in today's performance world to see people that stand up as, as absolutely. Um, and not a ton of, of, a ton of, ton of in depth on that one. I just brought it to light. I thought it was cool. We've always been big about shouting people out that are smaller business that we think are doing cool stuff and just calling him to talk to him about being able to put this on the podcast was a unique experience. It was, I feel like a, like a real journalist. I felt like a journalist guys. Breaking news. How you doing? This is Logan clapped out. He's like, who? I'm clapped out. He's like, what? I'm like, clapped out. He's like, I have never heard of you. So there's that. But um, next up I have moving along. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Logan. Oh, there it is. Oh, knew that was coming. <laughs> Daddy's little angel. If you're wondering and you're listening to the podcast, Josh's daughter just came into the podcast and gave us a peace sign and a thumbs up and said, we're doing great. Yes. Um, we got the next topic of discussion is going to be one that I posted up the other, the other day and I got a couple people that all riled up because of it. I love that. Um, Chinese parts. Chinese parts. What do you trust and what do you not trust if it's coming uh, from overseas? So specifically on your car, Rye, what do you have that's from China? Um, how much time you got, buddy? <laughs> so, all right, let's <laughs> condense this to categories. So Chinese, Chinese parts. This I mean, is a, okay, so it's, man, this is a weird one for me. I, the, the Chinese parts have come such a long way and i feel like i'm defending them and i don't want to defend them especially with the new partnership that we just kind of struck with our buddy robert young and i mean i've excuse me okay so if you have an eagle crank if you have scat rods um there's a plethora of parts out there eagle rods like newsflash those are probably not cast or made in the United States. There's so much stuff out there that I think a lot of people don't realize that is actually not made here in America. So things that I'm willing to, to take are whatever doesn't cause, I want to say like whatever doesn't cause a catastrophic failure, but that would be uh, a lie as well. Like, I guess I kind of I kind of sit back in the works in, in in the cut and just wait for like everybody else to test this stuff out before I jump on it. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. Uh, this I posted up the the new BTR intake manifold and I was like, made in America by Americans with American material, designed in America, 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 America. Yeah. And a few people. Um, I got a couple messages from people just saying some people can't afford blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. The BTR intake is cheaper than this intake, this intake, this intake, and this intake. So yeah, that next excuse. Anyway, um, I'm a hypocrite for posting that. And uh, I'm, I like to own my mistakes and my, I'm a, when I'm a piece of shit and I'm a hypocrite for posting that because I have several, uh, I just read Estella's comment and I'm, and I'm, it's funny to me in the comments. I've just saw <laughs> my wife was made in Mexico. So yes, I do. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Rye loves foreign made pieces was the comment. If you're wondering, um, but I'm a hypocrite for that because I have Chinese parts on, on the RX seven. I have Chinese parts um, on the two forty SX. I mean, pretty much every car that you've built in the past couple of years. I said Chinese parts, but here's, here's the, the grim reality on, on Chinese parts without giving away vendor names or manufacturer names or anything like that. Um, there is, you can, you can track imports and exports to the United States and you can see who's bringing what into where and, and without explaining on in detail on how to do that. Um, pretty much any, any connecting rod that you find for a V8 that is like, let's say six to $900. Okay. Yes. Any, um, any crankshaft that you find for a V8 that is, oh, wow, I can get one for 900 bucks. Um, any, those, just those two examples alone, cranks and rods. Yeah, $1,000 um, or less on a crank, $1,000 or less on rods. Chances they are, are not made in this country. 99.9% yeah, sure they're Chinese. And they're probably made in all in the same foundry. It's just what day they laser etched them. 
So K1 rods, um, K1 rods are not made in the States. They're made overseas. I'm just made in China, right? K1 rods have seen a thousand wheel, 1100 wheel, 1200 wheel. But Josh, what crank do you have? I think you're mute. Josh is muted. Can you unmute him? What crankshaft do you have in the Camaro? It's a uh, Eagle. Yep. So I'm not sure about Eagle. Eagle is too. Okay. And that I'm, thing I'm has now take up with a grain of salt. I'm assuming I've heard from multiple people. Eagle is an overseas foundry. Yeah. So, and whether or not they're overseas and they're machined stateside, maybe, but at the same time, you're talking about components that are, are made overseas. They're brought to the States. And the question here is what do you trust from China? And at some point, at some point, and I don't know when this happens, but at some point talking down about Chinese parts, at what point does that become almost racist? Like, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, there's yes. some people in our industry that, that are like, I don't trust that Chinese trash, Chinese junk, Chinese trash, Chinese junk, uh, Ching Chong, Chinese junk. And it's like, dude, at what point? And I know. Don't know, open like, the box for 14 days or else you might get the get Wuhan. Corral, you won't get the Wuhan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it, but it, it does this follow-up question. At what point does it, like, become racially charged and just chill, dude? I don't, I, I don't think there's no – that's not racial. That's like – I don't think you've – How is that, how I don't is think that you've, racial? I don't think you've seen the stuff that we have seen. Like, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff that gets posted where you're like, oh yeah, my God. you're like, Jesus, dude, it's just – car parts like so okay i'm gonna and i don't want to give specific examples because i feel dirty saying some of the things i've read like yeah, it's like i'm not gonna either but i'm gonna i want to back this all up like i will say this i would love to support american companies every chance that i get but <laughs> that is not gonna stop me from building a car and going fast like if i can't afford your american crank rods and pistons whatever like, you need to mow. You need to mow, mow more lawns and save money. I'm sorry, dude. I'm not gonna not build my car. I'm gonna go out and bust everybody's ass that I can on the budget that I have available to me. So the guy, the guy with the Chinese crank in his Camaro, just told you to go mow more. Mow. I can't say <laughs> mow either. I'm trying to say mow. <laughs> Murmur now. Mulan is live on Disney Plus. Hey, my shit was assembled in the U.S. There, there you go, built there. in America. Oh my God! Did uh, did you see the video Morris put up of his engine room the other day? No, I get I get to walk through that engine room whenever oh I want, dude. God, dude, it's like four million seven hundred eighty-six thousand billet blocks that are ready to go together. It's insane. He's in yeah, a wind tunnel is, today. It's no joke. But no, oh, yeah, uh, he's up there with Clark, right? Yeah, I saw that, dude. I want to. I'm super jealous. How far is it from you, right? Uh, is he in Charlotte? I know. I, he might be in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. The wind, the there's like – so there's like – so this is the thing with, with the wind tunnels. There's a bunch of them because Charlotte's like home in NASCAR. So there's a ton of wind tunnels over there. And I've heard through the grapevine talking to people, uh, Eric Yost Biggin has, used to work in NASCAR, and he's told me stories about like how NASCAR teams are so petty. They will literally rent out a wind tunnel, pay for the time, not show up, just to cock block another team from using that wind tunnel. So like, yeah, anyway, I don't know. That has nothing to do with Clark, however you say it, Rosin, Thangle, Griswold, uh, wind tunnel testing his car. But I would love to get my car in a wind tunnel just to see what, what the, what gains can be had. We could always do. uh, That's just super interesting to me. We could always do like Ford versus Ferrari and just put the little, Little yeah, you tags know, on there, and you know that was a real thing, right? Yeah. That that popped up over uh, the weekend, and the wife and kids and I were watching it, and she was like, "What is all that all over the car?" And I explained to her, "I'm like, that's how they figured out what the air was doing before the chalk or something. What is it? They tape pieces of uh, oh yeah, yeah, all over the car, make it look like it looks like the the van from Dumb and Dumber, mutts cuts. <laughs> but it's a good, that was, it's a good that was a real thing." What's the read on those? I mean, if if they're pressed down, that's good. If they're up, kind of. If they're like standing up, that's where you know you got a wall of air, like kind of standing up, and you got to adjust stuff. I, I'm not an aerodynamics expert, but it's that was a real thing that they did. That that movie is super historically accurate, from what I understand. Other than the fact that there is, I'm still trying to find the clip. I watched it like three times now. At some point, there is an LS cylinder head in that movie. 
Yeah, I saw it. I'm trying to I mean, find I, it. I saw it. Yeah, in the <laughs> background, <laughs> sitting on a on a bench. Yeah, I get so caught up in the in the in the theatrics in the actual movie that I forget to keep looking for it. But that's that's one of my favorite movies. Anyway, getting completely off track here with that. But no, it's good. I like it. I think it's a good little riff Rooney. But the, the, I love that movie. What's your favorite car movies? Let's go for it. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> dude, where's dude, my car? Cannon, cannonball Run 1 and 2. Cannonball Run, dude. Do you know that when Lamborghini came out with the Countach, the original Countach didn't have the big stupid wing on the back? And then when Cannonball Run came out, for the movie, they put the wing on it. And then people were hitting up Lamborghini after that movie came out saying, we want this wing. And Lamborghini was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. And Is there proof to that? Absolutely. 100%. Hmm. And that's where, that's where the wing on the Lamborghini Countach, the later models. I don't know the year that it started, but... The front wing or the back wing? Not the wing, but the back wing. Because the, the wing was in the first movie, but not in the second movie. Yeah, yeah. No, but Lamborghini did not offer a wing like that on that car initially. And then when Cannonball Run came out, it, uh, it came out like that. Uh, Lance McLaughlin wants to know how my neighbor's Mustang is doing. The blue car. Are you talking about the blue 03 Cobra or the blue Fox body? Because the blue Cobra has since been shipped to Cali and she gone. So that car is out there. It's getting a cage put in the thing and it's getting retuned uh, by my buddy Ryan Cunningham. And that car will st uh, start heading to the track as well as half mile airstrip events. If you're asking about the blue Fox body, we are taking that car to the track this Friday. Uh, I will be piloting that car probably for my neighbor down the eighth mile because they're in a damn cage in it. O3 Cobra, yeah. O3 Cobra is in California now. Um, and he actually just had a kid, so race car stuff just got put on the back burner for him a little bit. But as soon as I got some updates on that thing, I'll be sure to post them up and hopefully he'll send me some good video of that. Did you guys know that the Lamborghini Countach, the rear wing, was actually completely non-functional also? It had there was zero benefit to the wing, and that wing was installed in the parking lot. The iconic rear wing was purely cosmetic. The Countach actually suffers front axle lift at high speed and bolting a park bench out back only exa exacerbates the issue. <laughs> See how it took me a second to figure that word out? Exasa, exasa, But it looks so much better with the wing. Though. It but does. Customers love the look. So engineers zeroed out the wings angle, rendering it non-functional. Designed as a one-off for F1 Impresario. I can't, why are you making hard words, guy? The spoiler wasn't an official option. Once it caught on, circa 1976, Lamborghini could not afford to re-homologate the car with a new arrow appendage. As a workaround, completed cars were pulled off of the assembly line into the factory parking lot where employees installed the rear wing using an electric hand drill while awaiting dealer transport. The job took about 10 minutes. So that, that article <laughs> says nothing about Cannonball Run? No, nothing. Oh, no credit, dude. I'm telling you ironically enough though the Countach not one time ever saw the inside of a wind tunnel the Countach is like I've, I've heard on various radio shows and podcasts for people you know have you ever heard like don't meet your heroes yeah people that own Countaches say the same thing they're like oh they're trash they're uh, straight trash they're garbage yeah. to drive oh, have you driven one because you worked yes. at Rayburgini they're terrible I hate it they're awful I would love right. to build a Countach, like a pro touring style one, you know? I think it would look dope and it would be, I think they look cool and they, they're nostalgic, but like the Diablos, the same way, they drive like straight up dog shit. I don't, I'll argue that point to the bone. I hated having to drive those cars. Okay, Josh, Logan, you're a little younger than us and, and maybe I'm wrong. Josh, did you ever have a poster of a Countach? Of course. So did I. Yeah. Logan? Never. No, I had a Hanson poster. Mbop. <laughs> So Teen Beat was big for me back in the what day. What Lamborghini? So were you the Diablo kid? Was that your era? No. Um, the Diablo was – so I was 31. So when I when the Gallardo came out in 04 – was it 04 or 03? 04. Yeah. Murcielago was still 03. So the Gallardo dropped in 04, and I was just getting into high school. 
and it was like a shell shock. I mean, it, it changed the game. Ferrari had their 360, um, and then the Giardo, the Murcielago was still out. And then when I was working at, at Lamborghini Chicago, they dropped the Murcielago Super Veloce, which was like me, uh, Jeremy Cliff, who's now a very, at the time he was just getting into his career. Now he's a, a pretty prominent uh, automotive photographer. He came down to shoot that SV, and that car was imp- just absolutely insane to me. Yeah. The only other car that blew me away more than anything else was actually nothing impressive from a power standpoint, but the Valentino Balboni edition Lamborghini Gallardo LP570, I think they called it. Mm-hmm. So Valentino Balboni was the test driver for Lamborghini for like 40 years. So for 40 years, this dude was the test driver. And Lamborghini, I'm, I'm totally riffing on what happened but lamborghini was like hey valentino you're super dope and we love you so we're just like how what do you want like make your own lamborghini and use the giardo chassis and just make it your own and he's like cool i want a gated shifter stick shift and i want it to be rear wheel drive and lamborghini's like damn because like that's the opposite of all the shit we're doing right now (laughs) and he's like yeah i don't fucking care make it happen so i'm sure that's not how it went down but they built the Valentino. You can look it up, the Balboni edition. And um, they shipped it to the States. And we unveiled the Balboni edition LP at Lamborghini Chicago with Valentino there. So, and it was so, it was super dope. Like, I just got to sit there and talk to I mean, talk. I mean, I have nothing to talk to him about. He's got this crazy storied career in motorsports. And I'm, I'm a porter at a dealership. But he was just so down to earth and chill. And, you know, they unveil this car. And it's just, just insane to me um and the idea of him deciding to i mean for all purposes take the technology out of the car to make it a stick shifted rear-wheel drive application yeah they're never going to make another stick shift supercar hypercar any car ever again and you can go on like youtube or anything and look up balboni edition and there's like a it's honestly like gives you goosebumps when you watch it because he's he explains why his passion behind it why he wanted to do this and it's it's awesome, man. So if you guys have a free minute, the Balboni edition Lambo was it was awesome to see and be a part of that unveiling. Okay, so that whole story is fantastic and amazing. Not trying to detract from it, but let's go. Logan Tarrant before he was ten years old. When you're a child, what was the car you're like? That's the sickest thing ever. Because for me, that was the Countach. I wasn't into. I was not into cars. When I was that age, I didn't get into cars until I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie. So you're the, I want a Type R, DSM. Supra. I wanted a, I wanted an EG coupe, like the ones they use to rob the semis. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, and I bought every import tuner magazine I could find, and I documented how much I had to make an hour if my mom would sign off on my ability to work before 16 years old. And I went through the Nopi catalogs and I looked at how much horsepower per mod. So like an intake plus 20 horse, a yeah, ground yeah, yeah. wire kit plus six horse. And I <laughs> added ground, up. The ground wire kits are amazing. Like I'm going to put 17 grounds on my motor and it's going to pick up. <laughs> dude, I swear to God, I would give anything to have these sheets. And I built my Civic, my dream EG Civic and how much power it would make. And I was like, oh, I got to make $15,000. That will only take me. Oh, 400 years at yeah. McDonald's working minimum wage. And you, can, you can't tell, right? I mean, CRX, 240s, yeah, no. RX-7s. I mean, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, yep. Josh, what was the first car that you bought when you turned pro? Yeah, it's not curiosity, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> when I turned pro? Yes. Uh, Honda Accord. Yeah, sick! There you go. Boom, baby! But y'all. that was way that was way before Fast and Furious. Yeah, but y'all yeah. are Honda boys for life is all I'm saying. It was. Well, yeah, there was you know, you know what, and then you know I went the, BMW. Then I was BMW big time. You yeah. know what the first car I bought is? Hmm. It's sitting right behind me. Oh. Still. Hmm. Ride or die, motherfuckers. We did. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people like to, to tr- like like to walk away from the fact that Fast and the Furious helped them get into cars. I embrace it. Um, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent, dude. I, I, it came out in what? 2000, 2001, right? 2000, I think. 99. Late, late 2000, early 2001. I was 19 years old when that came out and it, yeah, it's, you can't say it was released June 22nd, 2001. Um, it did a lot of negative stuff, but it also brought a lot of positives to the car world. Now it's, well, see, I was Philly. I was in Philly street racing at the time. So 
but we went and watched it and thought it was the corniest, cheesiest, just yeah, shit right. was just terrible. Though. So uh, you guys might remember this too. I don't know if you do or don't, but so let's wind the clocks back. 2001, I was, oh my God, 12 years old. Um, so I was 12 years old. This movie dropped. Don't interrupt me, Ryan. I can tell you're about to. 2001, I was 12 years old. This movie just dropped. I had, I had, didn't know cars at all. And that movie had me so like, I want to wrench. As a kid, I would take stuff apart and put it back together. The microwave, the, the oven, the damn, every lamp in the house. I love to tinker with stuff. And then that movie dropped and I was like, oh, I can't wait to build a car. Um, and then when I got old enough, I bought a Civic and I swapped it. And it was, it was the start of everything for me. At the same time, do you guys, maybe you do, maybe you don't. MTV True Life, that show. Yeah. Do you recall MTV True Life, I Am a Street Racer? Did you it, ever see this? Was it the one where there was like a Maza protege? Dude, I swear to God, MTV True Life, I'm a Street Racer had me like, oh my God. Was that the And car? now I watch it now and I'm like, it was like, it was people in like, in Bolton's DSMs racing. Like it was just the slowest <laughs> junk. I remember. And it was so enthralling. Like, it was like, oh my a, God. I remember watching something and I was like, dad, we have to watch this. And it was like some dude with like a, 14 second mazda 323 or something like that it was the worst and it was that so was the, good it was the gran turismo era and that was when i was like this Never car into hauls, this car hauls ass in gran turismo dad you don't know what you're talking about and oh man I, <laughs> when i was so i didn't get my driver's license until i was 18 because i never had a car to drive and i used to convince all my friends to come over to the house and we would like rip all the car seats out except for one. I would steal couch cushions. We would ride to the track. My buddy Ryan Jensen and his 91 Mazda protege. I would ride in the back, laying on a couch cushion. We cut the muffler off of this thing, go to the track, try to drive as fast as we could, and then drive it back to my house. This is on Wednesday night test and tune. Put the seats back in it, put the muffler back on it somehow, and like make it so his parents never knew that like we tampered with the car that was it's it's insane to me and this is kind of let's i'm gonna go full circle on this when we first all of us when we first got into cars and we first had the feeling of oh my god like this is it this is so much fun you know when you first, i mean i'm sure josh when you bought your first even the honda accord or when you bought your first m5 like rye when you when you built your first car the you can't it's like heroin not that i've ever done heroin god i hope that doesn't come across like that but <laughs> chasing the tail of the dragon like yeah. you know you can't i won't ever 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 be able to replace there i don't know which air freshener it is it's probably new car scent but every time i smell it it reminds me of the first car i built because it was packed with those air fresheners and it remind, yeah. it gives me that feeling of man i remember going it's, to stern road and drag race street racing like it was something that i'll never ever ever be able to replace and a big part just roll this back. The one of the biggest parts I'm going back to simple on the RX-7 is because I want to get back to that. I want to get back to enjoying it more than I am just thrashing my ass off and not having fun with it. I look at Josh and your Camaro, and how much you drive that thing in the street and beat it up and race it, and it's it sucks because I haven't been able to do that with my own shit. And Rye, I look at your SN95 and you take it on drag week and you're still slower than me, but it's whatever. And <laughs> And I look at that, and I'm like, man, but he's driving his car. I miss fucking driving my car, man. I miss getting in the key, in the cockpit, turning the key, and taking off. It was that that mentality and that aura. We I don't think you could ever replace from back when we first got into this. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. And it's funny you mentioned the air freshener thing. For me, it was. Do you remember the JDM squash air fresheners? I have one in the RX7 right now. They smell so good. Yep, so good. I need to get some more of those. I forgot awesome. about those. My wife is like, those things smell terrible. I'm like, no, get out what? of the car. Yeah. Exactly. Get out, dude. And she, yeah, yeah, and she used to sell Scentsy. And I'm like, you sell yeah. melting waxes. These things smell amazing. What a hypocrite. So, no, that, uh, the night. The night the Fast and Furious movie came out, I think they stole 30 cars from the car park in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they st everyone drove their shit to the movie, you know? And when they came out, it was just empty. That's a pretty I safe bet. You know what, though? You know, you know they're going to be gone saying, for two hours. 
Well, back in the day in Philly, the the car thieves used to run, you know, those 10-second tow trucks. Are. Yeah, back up. I mean, you don't up. even get out. You just back up and get them. And, yeah, a bunch, a bunch of thieves had those in Philly for a while. So, they just – yeah, they stole – I mean, even – not that night, but my, my Accord got stolen too. You know? Damn. Like Philly, yeah, Philly was all about – and I was supposed to drive to Michigan in a couple of days for Thanksgiving, and I went outside, and I'm like, <laughs> where did i leave this thing i've never had a car stolen i can't imagine how like dude where's my car is that dude i had a roommate that had his car repoed so it was kind of my fault well it was his fault for not paying for it but so it actually this comes around full circle because he was the guy that was making our stickers there for a hot minute so he had a 03 cobra and he occasionally he would be like yo i need to park the car in the backyard in the shop i'm like all right cool and it never really clicked because it was coming around like every month when because he was always behind by a month he'd make the payment and they kind of like ease off of him for a couple weeks and then we were working nights and i remember i had at the time i had a lexus is 300 and i was parked directly behind him his car was up against the garage my car was behind his. And so we would wake up, me and him both work at the same place. And we wake up at like 1230, go outside. I'm like brushing my teeth, shaving my face, getting ready for work or whatever. And he walks outside and he utters the words, dude, where's my car? <laughs> and I was like, I thought he was like kidding. Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, where's my car? It was right here. Where's my car? And I walk outside, toothbrush in my mouth and almost spit toothpaste everywhere laughing because they snatched the car out and drug it across the yard down the curb if i could it doesn't translate well to audio but the diagram if i could paint this picture for you it was whoever this repo guy was was extremely talented and what rewind two weeks he went out of town and i took his car out i said yo can i take my buddy for riding this thing and and show it to him it was an 03 cobra we put a solid axle in it upper pulley it's like a bottom 11 second car I left the gas station and just snatched it into second gear and went sideways across like three lanes and a cop saw me do it, pulled me over. I got a ticket ticket for uh, careless and reckless. And I convinced the cop to let me drive the car back to the house. But because the car was in his name, finally it popped up on the radar and the repo company finally figured out where this kid's been hiding this whole time. So because I got a ticket his car got repoed, but hey, long story short, uh, you're, you're a terrible person. Long I am a terrible short. person. If your car gets re- and oh, that was another thing. He went to go and look at the car and get like his personal belongings out of it after he figured out it got repoed. And this shop had like these literal junkyard dogs that were running through the yard and they ran all over the top of every car in that place, destroyed and totaled this car. Right, coming. It's not like he was going to pay for the damn thing anyway. The vagrant. No, hell no. Now, this is there's a terrible segue. I feel like a stand-up comic that's never been on stage before. How about that new Nissan? Oh, I forgot we were talking about that. So, final topic of the show. Nissan. Can I get my Nissan puke puke bucket first? Nissan has uh, basically they have delayed the release of the new Z car. So for a lot of our listeners that aren't into the import side of things or they haven't paid attention to Nissan um, this past couple of years, Nissan has released a VR30 platform, which is loosely based on the GTR engine. It's a three liter twin turbo engine. Um, I say loosely based because it's not even close to a VR38, but it is the VR engine series VR30. So the VR30 comes in the Q50s and the Q60s. Um, at made after 2016, you can make 450 horse and like 500 pound feet of torque in these things in stock turbo fashion, stock in stock turbo form with good bolt-ons, good tune. Um, the cars have a, a bunch of small issues. The engines, the power plants have a bunch of small issues, but otherwise they're pretty decent setups, even though mine's been at the dealership for a month. So Nissan has decided to revamp the Z car. And they have come out with the, well, they haven't named it. It's called the Proto right now, the Proto Z, Proto Concept 400Z. And they have taking, they've been taking little notes from 
each version of the Z, if you could stop clicking for a second and leave it on one ride, that'd be really awesome. They have been taking like little monikers from all the Z cars over the years, the, the headlights style-ish, the, the rear quarter emblem, the rear end of the car looks like a 300ZX, the front nose of the car looks like the old 280, 260, 240Z. They have taken cues from all of these different chassis and they have designed the Proto. Um, originally, it was supposed to get released in 2021. I think they pushed it back to 2022 or 2023. The car got released digitally in a prototype unveiling last evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the car, the color they chose to unveil it as is straight up hideous. It's like this <laughs> yellow. Yes. It's like I drank with my brother, my brothers, <laughs> and I just got hammered all night. And then I didn't drink any water for a week. And then I pissed almost brown yellow. That's the I took a multivitamin chug two monsters piss. That's the name, actually, of the yellow. Multivitamin <laughs> double monster, this yellow. House of Colors, if you're listening, get with us about that. So they have chosen a hideous color to represent this car, in my personal opinion. The Z community is like, I have never seen a more divided community. It's like when the Supra got released. Yeah, that was the other thing, like, Nissan did to the Z what Toyota did to the Supra, which... Except they put a stick shift in it. I think, who? Nissan. Nissan. Oh, so it does have a stick. It is a three-pedal, twin-turbo V6. They have not said it's a VR30. The reason I mentioned VR30 is because a lot of people were guessing that it was going to be a VR30 power plant. They haven't released that info yet. The huge curveball would be if Nissan came out and said, no, no, this is the VR38. Or if they go by the 400Z moniker, it has to be a four-liter. Yeah. Because what is a... 300ZX, 3 liter. What is 350Z? 3.5. 370Z, 3.7. What's next? 400Z, if that's what they name it. So a 4 liter twin turbo stick shift sports car. If that's what happens, then I'll have to learn to find a body kit I like. Kyle Hunt brings up a very good point. Is it going to be as annoying as all the other G35 straight pipe cars? (laughs) It's crazy. Who's going to be the first one to straight pipe one of those things? I feel like Kyle is the human version of a straight pipe G35. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Most annoying thing on the planet. And we we tune these cars daily at Dynasty. And uh, not trying to crap on anybody, but every time like a straight pipe Z car comes in for a tune, I'm very honest with the owner about how terrible it is on my eardrums. And they always just laugh it up. They're like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, okay. Hey, just a a heads up real quick. I'm at 2% on my uh, computer. So if I disappear, it was great seeing you guys. Thanks for being here, buddy. And also, Josh will have better audio and video next week because Rye finally sent him his camera and mic. I don't believe it. Yeah, actually, I, I don't either, honestly. Yeah. I don't believe it. But, yes, it, it should I'm be. still waiting for stickers. Uh, those, are, sti- those are in there, too. You did not put <laughs> stickers in the box. There's no way you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't no know how annoying it's going to be, though, the, the car. I, I hope the car, like a Q50 with a Helmholtz resonated axle back sounds pretty good. They do sound good. A straight-piped anything Nissan sounds awful. Ugh. It Even sounds like, G- a, like a middle schooler trying to learn how to play the trombone. So yeah. can you not just put those GTR motors in something like that? You can. They actually, the GTR engine's pretty compact. Um, obviously dual over cam, but the, the manifolds and the turbos hug the, the engine pretty tight. People were taking the VR30 out of the Q50 and putting them in the 350Zs. So they fit. I mean, you could drop them right in. The VR38, uh, I don't know the... I don't know how the physics of that, but like, what's the what's the engine that in the GTRs that people are you know putting twenty two hundred horsepower on? That's a VR thirty eight three point eight liter twin turbo. Oh yeah, I'm surprised those aren't smashed in all that stuff. They're um, the VR thirty eight itself is a, is a wild engine, and it doesn't it doesn't take much to make a lot of power. Just pistons, rods, stock crank, cams, and valve train, you can make thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred horse pretty easily. Let me I see think, that interior pick, bro. Yeah, the interior is actually not bad. I like the interior. It's modernish, digital dashes. I don't like the yellow stitching. The is interior, that an iPad? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but every car has an iPad now. My my beef with this thing is like it's it just looks so I I can see the hints that you're talking about like with all the previous generations, but it just looks so 350 370. 
And how long has the 35370Z been produced? For a damn ever. When did 350Z come out initially? 2003. And it's been produced up until... 03, 03 to 08 was 350. 09 to 2020 has been the 370. Dude, that's insane for modern times for a car to be that produced. That, it is that insane, many. but I will challenge you. Get into a 2018 Nismo 370Z. Go for a drive in it and tell me that it's not an enjoyable car to drive. I won't argue that. I will just say that I feel like the styling could have been a more aggressive departure from their past. That, that's well, all I'm getting at. Here, do me a favor. Google 350Z original prototype right now and tell me what it looks like. Because okay. if you look at any prototype that's been dropped, especially by Nissan, and it is it is just disgusting what some of these look like. The 350Z prototype originally is terrible. I mean, it's, oh! yeah, put that on the screen. Goo. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so for anybody listening to the podcast on iTunes or Podbean or whatever, if you have a chance, look at the original 350Z prototype. This car looks terrible. I mean, it is so <laughs> ugly, dude. It is so ugly. So the question becomes, how far of a stretch will the new... 400 zb from the original prototype i want to say so many things but i feel like we would get cancel culture because they're so offensive yeah it's terrible it's so it's so ugly <laughs> hi guys hi guys look up <laughs> it's so bad it looks like it looks like i don't i can't even yeah, yeah it's like the porsche 9 what is it 920 928 nice yeah, no one. the 928 was a flop at the time the ferris bueller one no no, no that wasn't ferris bueller Ferris Bueller yeah. had a Ferrari. No, not Ferris Bueller. Uh, what's that Tom Cruise one? Risky uh, Business. Was it a 928? The 924 was a pile well, of trash. Same deal. Look at, look at a 2001 GTR concept. Look at that. I mean, every Nissan concept you can look at, any Nissan prototype you can look at, the end result came out looking way, way better than the prototype. Yeah, the 2001 GTR concept definitely looks like a prop movie car from like RoboCop or Demolition Man. Yeah. All right, my computer's at zero percent, so it's gonna die. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say later by saying people need to take inspiration from the Millennium Falcon. Yes, fair. Car based on that, I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Josh, thank you for joining us, sir. He's out. He's gone. So yeah, there's the GTR concept, and it does look like what's that scoop in it? Why does it have a scoop? I don't know. It's in the so hood. bad though. Um, and that's the thing. You gotta I keep I keep going back to uh to oh, it, ha it, it has that strip of glass down the middle of it, like what is that? That was on the Nissan Altima. I don't know. That's I was never I was never wealthy enough to drive an Altima like you. An Altima. Um but yeah. like every time the only prototype I've seen that fell flat, I think, is the Mark V Supra. Because the first time I saw that thing back out of that trailer. I was, oh my God, I thought it was the best looking sports car in 20 years. And then, then it, then it came out and it was yeah. not what it was supposed to be. Then you look at the front and I'm like, what the, the hell happened? But the back of the new super looks amazing. The front looks, I, I mean, will, but, but the front I, can be fixed with the body kit. I feel like I would buy the new Supra tomorrow. If I get rid of some stuff, I think the new Supra is an awesome car. I think, I think with the right body accents, the right wheels, um, I, I, I follow somebody on Instagram. What is her Instagram? Jack Jacksness, I think is her Instagram. Um, her and her husband have like matching Supras and she has a, a 2020 LE Supra and she posted a picture of it and they make a, a Mark IV Supra like replica wing for the car. Yeah. And it completely changes the attitude of the car. I mean, I, again, I hate this for you, but like, look yeah, at that. I've seen that. Yeah. It just changes the attitude of the car. I'm not trying to, to spam her. Her. Uh, I've Instagram. seen another one that looks like the the Mark the Mark IV TRD wing, which is different than the traditional one. Yeah, the, the square wing. joint. Yep. Yeah. So okay. I think it. I think the Mark V is an awesome car. I would love to own one, and I think they're dope. I'd have to sell a bunch of stuff to get it though. I just love all the guys who are like, yeah, but it's a BMW. Like, like that's a bad thing. Like, BMW yeah. builds terrible cars. Yeah, I can't believe BMW's won X amount of races in their career, and they have a story, yeah. story history of race-winning technology. Yeah. Suck it, nerds. Nerds. But we are at an hour on the podcast, which normally means Rye hangs up on me. 
It's true. Does anyone have any closing questions for us before we end this podcast? Uh, Daryl would like us to know that it was the Maxima that had the stupid glass strip. But that's the way it works with manufacturers. They build their flagship cars, and then there's a trickle-down effect. A Lexus LFA to LC500, for example. Yeah, LC500 is sick. It is a dope-ass car. It's completely underrated. I really want one very badly. Anyway. Any questions, boys? We got a couple seconds here left. Nope, no one has any questions. That's what I thought. Head over to clapdot.com slash store. Pick up some merch. There's like six or seven shirts left on there. We are working on some new designs. I have some new say that every week. Yeah, we do, but that's just who we are as people. I am going to be cutting some new vinyl stickers, and I will be having those uploaded onto the store this week. Yo, shout out to James, our boy James, out Tall. there on Rocky Mountain Race Week. James Tall over there Tall, on Twitch's channel. He is mixing it up in the limited street competition. Somebody sent me, a couple of people have sent me multiple pictures of him wearing our stuff in their video. So always appreciate the homie supporting. Um, I will be at Streetcar Takeover, Rockingham, North Carolina on October 3rd. I most likely will not be there October 2nd just for the roll racing thing, but myself and Killface behind me will be out there trying to bury Logan's ET record to establish dominance as the fastest and quickest car on this channel. Mm-hmm. Bummer, dude. It's not going to happen. It may not. It's anyway, probably not going to happen. That's all we got. Clap Top Podcast. We're out. Peace. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.